Welcome to Catharsis Interviews. Abhinandan Sekri is co-founder and CEO of Media Critique, News and Current Affairs website, News Laundry. He's also co-founder of Small Screen, which produced award-winning shows like Highway on My Plate and OMG India. He worked for TV Today Network from 1995 to 1999 that made news track and art stuck. He was also the chief scriptwriter for the new satire show Gustafi Maaf and the great Indian Tamasha on NDTV. He regularly delivers lectures and hosts panel discussions on journalism, right to information, along with the importance and independence of media. In this interview with Devanshu Sethi, he discusses the problems in the media ecosystem, the role of identity in media organizations, and the future of media in a post-COVID-19 world. Hi Abhinandan, thank you for doing the interview. In the interest of time, I'll start with my questions. With your decades of experience, starting as a reporter and now running a media organization, can you lay out some of the changes you have seen in the field? How has journalism transformed? Well, um, that's really, um, that, that, that question could, is a very wide one. I could fill a book with the answer, but it's, it's, uh, transformed in various ways, some good, some bad. Uh, well, one big transformation has been that, um, I mean, if I were to take it from the input point of view of why people come in, uh, the motivation of people entering journalism has dramatically changed from when I joined to now what it is. Mm. Uh, now, uh, the motivation for a lot of people is visibility, yeah. uh, fame, access, Back then, none of those three were really, you know, up for grabs for journalists. Uh, you didn't have that much visibility or access or fame. Only the top few people did, but as reporters, you didn't. So um, that has changed. Um, things have changed for the better are that there are a lot more exposes done, a lot more um, accountability is sought by reporters across the board. Um, but um, I mean, where do I start? So much has changed. Yeah, just just the the hysteria has changed. I mean, it it was never this insanely hysterical. Mm. Um, it was never so loud and noisy. Um, and, and fundamentally, the and I started in '95, and that is the benefits of liberalisation is just starting to hit us. Mm. But it went full on in the like late '90s. Then, because of the complete and sheer commercialization of news, it was always a commercial venture, I'm not saying it wasn't, mm. but the nature of the commerce changed in such a dramatic way that um, it just became a reality show. I think that has been the most dramatic change. News is now, at least in the electronic medium, it's a reality show, it's not a news show. Mm. News Laundry is a news critique platform, among other things. In these polarized times, how difficult is it to critique other media houses constructively? Well, it's easier now than it was when we started. In 2012, when we started critiquing media, it was very new back then. Mm. Uh, not many people were calling each other out. Mm. And we often would call out our friends and you know colleagues who we worked with in the past. It was difficult in the sense that journalists weren't used to being critiqued or criticized. So the way they'd respond was really 
shocking considering uh, journalists spend their lives critiquing others and they expect everybody to you know take it in the joy and move on journalists were um, not used to being critiqued so that was one real painful experience of having yeah. to deal with the the tantrums and the humor and the sulking uh, and the sulking because of you know being mocked or made fun of mm. but i think it's a very important part i don't think it's difficult at all mm. what could be difficult is that once you do that then um, you know you may lose friends and if you've spent as much time in this industry as i have mm. you have a lot of friends in the media so that's a bit of a bummer mm. but otherwise i don't see it as as a problem at all it's it's not difficult and there are enough reasons to be critical there are enough reasons to appreciate their work as well uh, and there's a bit of both here but i think the biggest mistake the media made was not critiquing each other like 20 years ago uh, which is why we are in such horribly polarized times with such horrible journalism being pushed uh, or such terrible content being called news uh, it would not have reached this stage had um, had news organizations learned to critique each other before news launch came about as you must have heard google announced to pay some publishers in germany australia and brazil for news content and the australian government wants facebook to pay for news even though facebook has said that news content is highly substitutable do you think such developments with big tech giants who are beneficiaries of the ad revenue which was previously enjoyed by the news publishers will eventually become necessity for the survival of the news ecosystem you know this is a question that uh, many people have been grappling with uh, i have been a part of several round tables mm. that have been hosted by think tanks mm. uh, on regulation policy revenue models including you know uh, tech giants like facebook and google or even aggregators paying mm. for it Yeah. I mean there was one entire discussion I was part of that that's in you know in shorts and what is this app called which aggregates news the um, I have it on my phone but I never use it daily hunt which daily used to be yeah. called news hunt earlier yeah and then there's one called news in shorts so it's called in shorts mm-hmm. you know they should also pay because they are just aggregating news and you know pushing it out yeah uh I think there at a fundamental level i agree conceptually i think if that is what they are making the money from it's only fair that they pay for it or share the the revenue that they earn in a more equitable way mm-hmm. but how would one go about it you know the little nuts and bolts of and and the terms how are you going to implement it how will you enforce it mm-hmm. because of the power that many of these tech giants have mm-hmm. is something that you know is is i think not as simple as a court order or regulatory command mm. so i i think um it is something that should be thought through and executed because like i said fundamentally it's fair mm. that these tech giants also reward those but the downside will be that where will it stop like any search engine any anything that the search engine throws up because should they actually have an incentivized way of of kind of having an arrangement with anyone who shows up on search i mean it could go on it's a, it's a slippery slope mm. 
but yeah in principle i'm with that i'm with that i think it should happen reading or supporting a news media organization has become an important part of a person's identity like supporting a football team people are forming an association with the news media for instance because the guardian is left leaning people who associate with the outlook follow it similarly because the guardian knows that its followers are left leaning they adhere to that narrative what implications of this model do you foresee for the news ecosystem well um there is it's a mixed bag i think on the one hand it will definitely make news organizations more um, committed to news in my view okay. because people will not pay for shit here mm-hmm. people will not pay for nonsense they won't pay for you know one fake report after the other they won't pay for opinions without anyone going on the ground and having done any reportage mm. so i think generally if it becomes more subscriber driven mm. the commitment of news platforms towards news will become a little more honest and sincere okay. on the downside it may have a very polarizing effect on news that those who have one ideology will support one platform and those who have another will support another platform mm. um which is a potential danger but in either case i think people who are not doing accurate news reporting mm-hmm. will find it very hard to retain subscribers okay so how it will play out you know i think we are in the we are in an age in the digital age where trends used to take months we uh, sorry but trends trends used to take weeks and decades to emerge mm-hmm. now trends come and go in months so i wouldn't hazard a guess on which way this will go mm. because social media was supposed to bring the world together and us closer together and really that's not what it's done mm. similarly i will not uh, you know give a full authoritative definitive answer that this is how it will go mm. but the polarization for me is an acceptable price to pay for accuracy and i think a subscription driven model would would um serve accuracy more mm. i don't think too many people will be proud to say that i support xyz website which is been accused of like 25 fake news instances i think people would be embarrassed to say that the covid-19 pandemic has had a negative effect on media especially local news we hear stories of many organizations closing or shutting operations from america to india but on the other hand the subscriptions for the new york times and financial times have increased over the pandemic period what do you think would be the possible fallouts of this since the new york times themselves rely on the reports of local newspapers and recently the salt lake tribune a local news organization in america became a non-profit news division do you think for local news a community driven not for profit system makes more sense no yeah i i don't believe if you are not operating in the market you cannot change the trend okay. uh the analogy i often draw is that the difference between an ngo and a political party mm. an ngo can you know make a difference it can do good work mm. but it will not have a significant impact on the political culture of any society or any country mm. by remaining an ngo mm. if it becomes a political party it has a huge impact mm. i can give you you know examples of the rss was the bjp mm. the rss has, was around for a long time but only after the jansang and the bjp could they make an impact mm. 
politically yeah. in the overwhelming trend similarly for you know arvind kejriwal's ngo parivartan and pcrf mm-hmm. he was running it for 15 years he, he could not change much but as soon as he entered politics mm-hmm. there was a more of an impact mm-hmm. now one can say whether the impact is good or bad that is a separate issue similarly in the new space if you are running as an ngo not for profit mm-hmm. you may be doing great work but you will not impact the ecosystem in a significant way mm-hmm. for that you have to compete commercially and win mm-hmm. and when you do that then everybody says okay that's the way to go mm-hmm. so if people can make good journalism commercially viable mm-hmm. it will have an impact that is greater than any amount of not for profits can have mm-hmm. so that is the answer to your last question mm-hmm. to your first few that the covid is you know making you know organizations fold up yes um it's having a huge huge uh, destructive impact on the economy and various establishments and commercial operations mm. uh so news will not be insulated the only thing is that when news is impacted the way it is it has a huge you know the 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 hit on democracy or democratic values is significant like yeah. you know this i i read an article that by the end of the year or early next year 30% of the airlines in the world will fold up mm. which will be very unfortunate and it will have a huge impact on exchange of ideas and mm. cultural osmosis of people traveling to other cultures and experiencing them and stuff mm. um you know they say 25 to 30% of the restaurants that close will never open again mm. so that will have a huge impact on you know people's appetites and culinary skills and the exchange of culinary mm. you know know how yeah but if 30% of news organizations shut down that has a huge impact on democracy itself mm. which is why it is a bigger danger mm. and because this economic downturn has impacted commercial operations to an extent that some of the largest advertisers have cut their marketing budgets mm. by 90% 80% and most media was supported by advertisers yeah. the only people left to advertise are governments mm. and if you've seen the newspapers in the last 3 4 days yeah. today there was i think telangana has put out a full page ad mm-hmm. kcr has put thanking narsimha rao mm. uh, yesterday there's a full like full page ad of the up government yogi adityanath mm. then there was a full page ad of of the central government mm-hmm. if those are the only guys who have the money mm-hmm. then how can the media really be fear, fearless and, and and fair because if that is where who is going to cut be cutting your check mm-hmm. it becomes very hard yeah so i think on that front it it has a huge detrimental impact and as far as local news is concerned that was dying even before covid yeah mm. the local news ecosystem was you know slowly dying as far as you know print is concerned and and even uh, broadcasters mm. yeah. uh, the smaller broadcaster at state level they had started folding up you know late last year mm. because of the economic situation but that i am not that afraid of because i think that could be revived digitally i think the news minute is a, of course it's a national mm-hmm. platform but when they started out they said we only want to cater to tamil nadu mm-hmm. kerala andhra and karnataka mm-hmm. which now is andhra is you know telangana mm-hmm. and simandra but that is what they said we want to do mm-hmm. of course the fact is that they have a readership way beyond that and they become big mm-hmm. 
but that can be replicated at a smaller scale i mean i know there's a few websites which are catering only to malayalam audience okay. and they're very popular hmm. so i think that could be revived digitally by lots of enterprising journalists at a local level and lastly what media organizations do you subscribe to or has influenced you over your years of being in the media space well i actually um, i i won't say any of the things influenced me growing up i think the only thing that influenced me is my bosses the people who are reported to i was mm. very fortunate and very lucky to be reported to journalists such as madhu trehan alpana kishore sabrina dhawan mm. um coincidentally of all three ladies mm. uh but i'm sure i had some male journalists also who i reported to who were very good yeah. but generally i uh, uh there was lots we learned from uh, nakvi dada at aaj tak and at sp singh mm-hmm. uh, i was just fortunate i i reported to very very good people so they influenced my journalism mm-hmm. i wouldn't say any platform has influenced my journalism but one platform that i'm always amazed that they they really tell stories well mm-hmm. is npr mm-hmm. uh, national public radio mm-hmm. whether it is uh, you know planet money mm-hmm. or whether it is this american life you know they their ability to tell stories is really good so i i try to tell all uh, you know journalism mm-hmm. students or even my young colleagues to check out how they do their storytelling mm-hmm. yeah it's very well done expertly done i wish more people in india would do that mm-hmm. i i think um, you know there were few shows that other than news track which were very good i think from time to time i found a uh, Uh, i mean it's in it's 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 inconsistent but uh, truth versus hype was a really good long format show which went into one particular aspect which shinivas and jain used to do hmm. uh i used to find back in the day um, um some of uh, you know shekhar gupta's commentary really good i mean i i wouldn't subscribe to what he says now hmm. but at his prime i think he's done some fantastic reporting mm-hmm. uh, and interviews uh I think um you know when it comes to panel discussions I think Barkha has done some great work mm. um, earlier in her early days. Yeah. Uh, but I I subscribe to pretty much every Indian and that is because I just want everybody in my office to have you know mm. some reference points. So you know I subscribe to the Ken. I think they do some very very good journalism storytelling. Mm. Um I subscribe to Business Standard uh but that's purely because i just want to see what everybody is doing that's that's yeah. necessarily because i appreciate that journalism yeah. yeah we have more interesting interviews articles fiction on our website catharsismagazine.com thank you for listening to catharsis interviews mm-hmm.